welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to see you this weekend. Great to be with you this weekend. Hope everybody's having a great weekend. You loving this weather? Oh my goodness. This is not amazing. Like, where do we live? This is awesome. And then college football is on. NFL is on. It's a great weekend, is it not? Man, and we're all here to be here together and hang out and I heard somebody's taking me to dinner afterwards for all-you-can-eat-rib deal. Okay, no? Yeah, thank you. Right there, Maggie and Joe, I appreciate that. If my Razorbacks weren't kicking off at 6.30, I would take you up on that deal. Um, it is so great to see you, and we're, we're uh, wrapping this series up on Protect This House and just talking about some of the why, the why we're here. And, and, and not just, and I want to talk a little bit to kind of go from why to what a little bit. But if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. I'm going to hit a couple of verses in Genesis that are going to be on the screen in a minute. But Acts chapter 2. And um, I, I want to talk today about kind of the, what I call the relational side of church. And, uh, and, and here's the deal. I'm an extrovert. So if you don't know me, hi, my name is Aaron. I'm an extrovert. Like, I love to be around people. I derive a lot of energy uh, with people. I can work in all kinds of work environments where there's people that are running around. I, I don't like being by myself. Uh, that's, if you want to, like, punish me, make me be by myself. I don't, I, I don't like being that. And those of you that are introverts are like, what's your problem? Like, I would love to be by myself. That's not me. I don't like to travel by myself. I don't like to, to eat by myself. I, I think that it's, we're better together. That's, kind of, that's, that's actually the title of my, my talk this weekend. We're kind of better together. I love, I, I'm so much this way that if I'm in a restaurant eating by myself because I have to, I will call someone. I will call a friend. I will call my wife. Uh, uh, I was in Houston a few years ago, and, and I was eating at one of my favorite uh, places, Papado's, and I was having the crawfish and the etouffee and the whole deal. And it would have been great if Tammy would have been there, but Tammy was unable to be there, and I'm there by myself, and, I, and I'm going to go sit down and eat at this restaurant, but I'm not going to be by myself. And so I called Tammy, and I just said, look, I'm in Papado's. And she goes, this is not right. You shouldn't be. I'm going to hang up on you. And I, no, 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 no. I'm here, but I, I'm by myself. And she knew what that meant. I just need you to be with me while I'm eating my meal. <laughs> That's how bad. I've got problems, people. I'm just telling you. Like, I don't like to be. Now, Tammy's the opposite. I learned this early on. We were newly married. And that was back when you had tube televisions. Remember? Not flat screens. Actually, were TVs with, like, they had stuff inside of them. And, um, and so uh, and we had this Sony Triniton, and, Triniton and, and it was this big. And, and I remember we thought it was huge because we went from like a 19-inch to a 27-inch. Right? You remember that? No? And some of you have like 80 inches TVs in your, in your bedroom, right? So I, I have a, like a 60-inch in my bedroom. And it's because I bought it open box at um, Best Buy. I was like, ah, oh, that's about the same size as what we had. What we had before was like a, a 38, 9 inch. And I, Tammy was gone on a trip. She was in India, and she came back, and she's like, dear Lord, Aaron, what did you do? I said, isn't it great? She said, like, it, it just, she says, the heat from that thing is radiating. It's awesome. It's amazing. Anyhow, so I come into, that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. I come into, from a, from a trip. We are newly married, and that's before DVRs. That's when you had to do the old VHS, like if you were going to record something. 
And, uh, and so she's watching this movie. I've been gone for several days. I just want to, like, see her and talk. And I, I like a little bit of celebration. I'm just going to be honest. When I come home, it's like, dun da dun I like a little pomp and circumstance. I know it's hard for you to imagine. When my girls were little, I loved it because you'd hear the pitter-patter of those little feet run across that hardwood floor, coming, Daddy's home, Daddy's home. I love that. Sometimes I would go back out and say, y'all, let's, let's do this again, just one more time. I need two of these today. Daddy's home, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love all that. So Tammy never did that for me. And so I, I came in, I know, pray for me. I came in, and she's watching the show. I was like, hey, baby, I was going to tell her about my deal. And she goes, shh, I'm watching this. An hour and a half later, she wanted to talk. But right then and there, it was like, no, I'm doing my thing. Because she is like, she doesn't need all that I need. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you are like that. Ryan's that way. Ryan Coggins, executive pastor, is why we get along so well. Ryan's like, you know, right now a train ride from here to Seattle by myself would kind of be probably a welcomed event. And uh, not me, dude. I'd be like, who wants to go with me on the train? We have a good time. I'll buy your ticket. We'll stop. We'll take pictures. We will eat. Bless Jesus. Anyhow, what does this have to do with what I'm talking about? The number one reason why people don't connect in a church and why the number one reason why people leave a church is not the pastor, it's not the music, it's not the programming, it's not the location, it's not the drive, it's that they're alone. The number one reason why people don't get connected and go to church has nothing to do with Jesus and faith and all of that. The number one reason is they don't have a relationship, they don't have a friendship, they are alone. And what's interesting to me about aloneness is that God addresses man's aloneness before he addresses man's fallen nature. Before God ever addresses sin and the fallen nature and the propensity thereof of mankind, he addresses his aloneness. Let me show you this in in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. And God said, it is not good that man should be alone. Before God ever addresses any of our ability to, to fail, he, he, he addresses this need. He created you and I with this need for one another. Look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. It's going to be on the screen. And God said, let us, plural, make man in our, plural, image according to our, plural, likeness. Three plural pronouns. Us, our, It's right there. So when God's creating mankind, God himself is never alone. Ever thought about that? We think about God being solitary, like he's one. Yes, he's one, but there are three in one. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Three complete dimensions of who God is. Three complete different entities of who God is. Yet they all come together in one. But God is never by Himself. If it was, he would, God would say, then let, let me make man in my image and according to my likeness. Not what it says. Jesus will talk about this when he's on the earth and talk about how he was there from the foundations. Because Isaiah will prophesy that the Messiah will be the one that will be there. He will be slain from the very foundations of the world. He was there at the beginning. The Holy Spirit will be the one that was there at the beginning. It's this whole hour. It's together. There's this wholeness. There's never this aloneness. And so the reality is that the answer, the solution to people being alone is what I call togetherness. Is that we should be together. We are better together. We, there is a power behind being together. Whether you are married, there is, there, there's a strength in that marital relationship if you choose correctly. If you don't, that's a whole other sermon for a whole other day. Don't say amen right now. Amen. Um, but we can do more together 
than we can alone. We can accomplish more together than we can alone. We can, we can go further together than we, because we were never created to be alone. God addresses the aloneness of humanity before he ever addresses our fallenness and our ability. So togetherness is expressed in marriage. It's, it's, it's expressed in family. By the way, both marriage and family predate the institution of the church. The church won't be instituted till later on, but, but marriage and family come before that. That's why it's very sacred. It's incredibly sacred. Some people go, well, what's the big deal about marriage in today's society? But because before God ever instituted the church, which we would all go, that's very sacred, God instituted marriage and family. It's right there. God, God performs the first wedding ceremony uh, between Adam and Eve, brings them together, and, and does this. There's a, there's a sacredness. To, there's a holiness to this. There's, a, there's this. And so... so that's the reason why in your marriage, God is glorified or can be glorified. In your home, God can be and is glorified uh, with your family. Friends are another way that, 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 that togetherness is expressed. Relationships. There are people in my life, and there are not a lot, but there are a few people in my life that if I was in trouble or when I am in trouble, I can call them. I texted a buddy today, and I said, I just want to say thank you. He took my call earlier this week. I was processing something. Took about an hour of his time in the middle of a busy day and just helped me think through something that I was processing, that I was going through. I said, I just want to say thank you. It means more to me than you know that you took time out of your busy schedule just to help, help me process me and God's will and plan for me. And he sent me a text. Back. I said, I love you, and, uh, and I just want to let you know I just thank God for you. He sent me a text back, and he goes, he goes, no, no need to say thanks. This is just what we do when we're family. I'm not related to him at all. But he's a pastor buddy that I have known for my, my entire adult ministry. One of those guys that I just can call and talk to. I, I, I have older ministers in my life that are just like that. That I just go, how do you do this? How do we deal with this? What about, I, can, can we just hang out? Can Tammy and I get together with you and your wife? And let's just eat. Let's just break bread. Let's just be together. See, I have to really, I, I have to really um, uh, as a pastor, I, I have to, do, to carve that out and make that just like you do. And I'm just like you. Even though I'm extroverted, I, I, um, I'm, you know, I mean, my life is so public, and that's okay that I try to remain few things private, and so my home is relatively private. Uh, I don't post a lot. I'm selected about what I post on social media. I don't tell you all the places in the world that I'm going and all the, the things that I'm doing and this and that because, quite frankly, I don't think anybody cares. But beyond that, it's, it's a deal of there's just certain things that are, and I've, are private. I, I've raised my daughters to go, look, girls. In this world that we live in, this 24-7 news cycle, media, and all that kind of stuff, it's just, it's not about secrets, it's about confidentiality. It's about what part of you do you want to communicate? What part of you do you want people to know about? You, you, you need to retain some things. It's your story, it's your narrative, it's your deal. And so there are times where we're just going to get away on a vacation, girls, and if you want to post that, that's fine. But if you don't want to, and you may go, Dad, why do you not say that? Because I just want to be, I want to be away from. There's, you see this with Jesus. He's with the people, then he's away from the people. He's, he's engaged, and then he disengages. It's healthy. You've got to have a Sabbath. You have to have a day of rest. You need that time to kind of be alone. And most of that time, that alone time for me, is, is it's with, 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 with my family. 
but it's, so I get the whole thing about like, hey man, I, I've got a public and life and I've got all this going on and, and there's parts of it I want to keep private. But even in all of that, friendships, relationships, and that's where the church comes in. I think church is probably the greatest place that togetherness should be expressed. And I think togetherness is more under fire at church than anything else. Because togetherness predicates the unity of the body, so us being the body of Christ. And it also, it, it also that if that is broken up, then the church can't be the church. See, the church is not, we don't have to have the church to get to heaven. But because we're going to heaven, we want to be the church. So we can, get, we can reach as many people as we can. We can, we can go around the corner and around the world. And, so, and we do that better together than we do apart. And so we come together and we, we do this. And, and, and so what is this? Why, why, why do I think the church uh, is, the most, is the fullest expression of connection? It's Acts chapter 2. We see this snapshot that I ask you to turn to at the very beginning. It's this picture of togetherness of what it looks like in the New Testament church. When the New Testament church is birthed, when it begins, Jesus has now died on the cross for our sins. He's, he's risen from the grave. He's ascended to the right hand of the Father. And the church is now becoming the church. And we get this picture of what this looks like. And this is what I think is so important. Because I think that, that I can be together in my marriage. I can be together with my family. But I, there are times I need to talk to somebody that's not my wife. My wife needs to talk to somebody that's not her husband. There are times that I don't need to go just spill it all out to people that I work with or, or on my kids, but I need to have relationships. Uh, Tammy and I as a couple, we need to have relationships inside the church uh, and, 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 and with each other. We, we need to have relationships with people that we're connected with. I'm in, I'm in two men's groups and getting ready to start a third, uh, not, because I have, not because I'm not busy, but because of the fact that it's, this is a value. This is a huge, 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 huge deal. And so I want to I I look at this picture of togetherness in, in verse 42 of Acts chapter 2. It says this, speaking of the church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That's the word, the Bible. To fellowship, which is exactly what it is, just kind of coming together. To the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe. Many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. And all the believers were together. And they had everything in common. Selling their positions and their goods, they gave to anyone as they had need. In verse 46, and every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, so the church, and they broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Verse 47, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. If you want to know what a healthy church looks like, and I'm not preaching that today, that's the snapshot of a healthy church. If you are going, hey, you know what? I'm new here at Life Church. And I'm just trying to check things out, and, and I'm trying to decide if this is going to be my home church. The question, if I'm you, I'm asking to myself, does that church look like this? If I'm looking for a new church, I'm going, does that church look like this? This is that snapshot. Unfortunately, this doesn't happen in a lot of churches. Unfortunately, the church isn't growing, and it should be. Uh, unfortunately, the, 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 there's not awe and wonder and miracles and signs and wonders aren't happening, but they should be. Unfortunately, there's not people that are devoting themselves to God's Word, but they should be. There's not people that are coming together here and then also in homes and breaking bread, which is exactly what it sounds like. That's just eating together, right? That's me going to have ribs with Joe and Maggie after service. Amen? Don't get upset that you didn't get invited. You didn't ask. 
okay? I did. You don't get a bite. Look, you don't get a bite like this by not asking. I'm just going to tell you right now. There is no shame in my game, okay? So the reality is, is it's coming together. But when was the last time you went to eat with someone in the church? That's spiritual. Amen. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to preach this for a minute. When was the last time you had your foot, your feet under someone else's table and you guys were coming together? When somebody, I can hear somebody going, well, nobody ever invites me to go eat. Well, there may be a reason for that. Can we just go there for a minute? The Bible says if you want to have friends, you must first show yourself friendly. When was the last time you opened the doors of your house, your condo, your apartment, and you invited someone into your home? Well, but no, don't well. It's a deep subject for shallow minds. At the end of the day, if you want to have people in your life, then you've got to show yourself friendly. You open your door and open. And you go, well, I invite people. They don't come. Well, maybe you need to clean your house. Huh? Maybe you got a bunch of cats. I don't know. <laughs> right? Some things freak people out. Let's just be honest. We'll get you some help. Amen. But, but, but there's... So how does this work? First of all, togetherness in church works like this, growing together. Verse 42, they said they were growing together. What does that mean? That's, that's where we began to learn spiritual maturity, one together. One, one together. We're, we're working this out. We are learning how to be what I would call self-feeders. It's one thing to be able to hear the Bible. It's another thing to be able to get together, open God's Word, and begin to break God's Word and begin to grow and learn together. So one of the ways in which we do that is coming together in the weekend service. But another way in which we do that is coming together in small groups. We, we call those life groups. Where we're going, to, we're, going to, we're going to talk about something. Now, some of them are relational. Some of them are deeply theological and all they're in between. But, but, but one of the byproducts of just being together is you begin to grow. You begin to grow relationally. You get around other people you feel comfortable with. Because a lot of times everybody in the room has a lot of the same questions. We just don't want to ask it because we don't want to seem stupid. We're dumb. We don't want people to think that we don't know what we're talking about. And so instead of just going, lifting our hands and saying, I got a question, we just kind of stay in that whole, I don't really know what he's talking about, but I'm just going to nod my head. Well, at some point in time, you've been in the church for 10 years and you don't understand some basic theological tenets of the church and you don't understand some basic stuff about the structure of, of scripture, you'll just kind of just act like you know, but you don't know. And, and so what I'm trying to say to you is, is there's, there's nothing wrong with asking questions. There's just, and there's no such thing as a stupid question, especially theologically. And God's never going to be upset about your questions. But how do you get those questions answered? By getting into a group where you're together, where you're meeting with people that you like, first of all. Because if you don't like them, it doesn't matter what they're talking about. Let's just be honest. If you don't like people, it don't matter, right? It doesn't matter how great the restaurant is. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you're talking about. If you don't like people... And, and can I just say, we're supposed to all love everybody, but you don't like everybody. Is that okay? I'm really being honest tonight. And I don't mean to be mean, but I'm just saying, this is how this works. So, and in a church that's large and that's growing, that's okay. But you're not going to, you may not, everybody in the room may not be your cup of tea. This person may be very obnoxious to you. They just may be obnoxious to everybody, but they don't know that, right? Because that's what makes them obnoxious. Um, is this really deep for you, right? You know what I'm talking about. Just don't point. It's not nice, right? So that's okay. Uh, this person may be a little bit more like you say, well, they're a little bit more like, hmm, I'm a little bit more reserved. They seem a little bit more out there. I don't know if I really want to go out there. That's okay. It's okay that they're that way. It's okay that you're not. That, that's the beauty of the body. Everybody's different. That's what I love about the church. Listen, 
This is what I love about the church. People get hung up on denominations. The church is splintered, and, and God doesn't like it. Can I just help you with something? Some people love liturgy. Some people love to go to a Catholic mass. Some people love some deep theological teaching. Some people want it to be very relational. Some people want it very casual. Some people want it very suit and tie. Some people want a Hammond B organ and a, and a black choir. That would be me. Amen. Can I get a witness in the house? Some people, some people don't want, some people want a stringed orchestra and they, they want it to be a pipe organ. It, those are all styles, but that's the beauty of the body. We all love Jesus. We all are called according to his purpose in Christ Jesus. We all have different ways in which we connect with God, but it's through the same person, which is Jesus. There's no other way under heaven, under, under, no other name under heaven by which man can be saved except through the name of Jesus. But, but we find our own different style that we like, and we kind of connect, and that's okay. And even inside that church, there's going to be different groups or people that you like. And people, well, those are cliques. No, people naturally group. You will naturally group on your own. It's okay. It's because you like this and you don't like that. I would encourage you to be inclusive with people. But I would also say if you show up at a life group, like if you sign up for a life group this weekend or this month and you don't like it, you don't have to go back. Is that okay? Like if you go, I don't know if these people are weird. They could be. <laughs> Amen. And if, if you go to their group because you're trying to grow and learn because the subject matter sounds not like something you're interested in, and you don't like it, and then they call you and say, well, why didn't you come back? And you don't have to tell them because you're weird. You can say, because I talked to Pastor Aaron, and he said I didn't have to. <laughs> it's okay. Because everybody's different. That's okay. But when we get together, we begin to grow. We begin to learn. We begin to, we begin to mature in our faith. Together works like being together, verse 42. It didn't just say that they were growing together. They were being together. What does that mean? It's I'm doing life. I'm, I am, I am, it's doing life together. It's relationships. It's, it's, it's all of this. And so it's, it's just hanging out. Uh, it's just being around people. You don't have to have an agenda. I do this with staff. There are days where we go, look, there's no agenda. We're all going to go watch a, watch a, a, a game. Or we're all going to go watch a movie. Or we're all going to go hang out. Or we're all together. Or we're just going to go do this. Or there's different groups within the staff. And so we're going to take the executive team or the directors or the admins or whatever. We're all going to go do this together. It's just that we're all going to take the whole team. And, and we're, we're going to go and we're all going to go to a conference together. And we're just going to be around each other. Um, if I travel with people, I can get to know them pretty well. Uh, my, the life group that I'm a part of, we, we invited everybody in the life group and and we went to, uh, we did a missions trip this past spring. It was a very short missions trip. And so we went and, and we, man, it was just, it's a bunch of guys. And, and, and we were kind of, uh, kind of hounding on each other about, you know, man, you can't, you know, because there was some work involved. And they were talking about how I shouldn't, should be able to do more than what I could do. And then I punched somebody. And no, I'm just teasing. But I got your attention. So the deal is, it's those relationships. And so we just kind of, but we would hang out. And at the end of the day, so we would go and we would see things and, and see projects. And we were working and doing different stuff, and we'd come back, we'd have dinner, and then we just hang out. In those times of hanging out, we're just doing life together. There's relationship building that's going on. And then one guy says, hey, could you guys pray for this? I just got a text from my wife, and I, one, one of my kids are in trouble. Or, hey, could you, could, could, would, you, would you guys, man, I'm really struggling in this. Or, hey, you know what, I, I've been wanting to ask you, Aaron, about da 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 Great. How does that, just being around each other, just time. That's how that happens. Sometimes I don't have to, to do anything. I don't have to do anything spiritual. It's just I've got proximity. I've got, I, I've got a connection. I'm just 
around you. And, and, and you, we all have people like this in life, that there are people that just, when you're around them, when you get done being around them, you, you're, you're, you just, they fill your tank. And other people drain you. And, and so find people that fill your tank in the church. Find relationships that you have. The, the guys that I've been in life group with, man, I love hanging. It doesn't matter what book we're talking about. It doesn't matter what we're talking about. I just like to be around them. I like to eat breakfast with them and drink coffee and just talk. I just, what, because I grow. I'm, I am growing because the power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in them. He dwells in me. And the Bible says in Matthew 18 and 19, where two or more are gathered together in Jesus' name, even if we're on a chicken biscuit at Chick-fil-A at 7 a.m., can I get a witness in the house? He's there. And we ask the Lord as grown men who are called according to the purpose in Christ Jesus at 7 a.m. at Chick-fil-A over that sweet, sweet, sweet meat of fried chicken. If we ask the Lord to do, he will do. Why? Because that's what his word says that he will do. Just being together. The next piece that we see here in verse 42 is that they're eating together. And I've just talked about that, so I won't spend a lot of time on that. But eating together, it's, it's spiritual. Eating together, that's the third. It, it's, it, it's, it's food is very spiritual. And, and we've been talking about the table and, and how, this, and how that Jesus brings us to the table. In Luke's gospel alone, there's about two dozen times where Jesus is going to the table, he's leaving the table, he's eating at the table, he's reclining at the table, he's conversing at the table. It all happens around the table. What's the deal about a table? A table is, 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 is that time where you're, 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 you're eating, so you're nourishing yourself, but you're having conversation, and, and you're, you're laughing, and you're talking, and you're doing life. So don't underestimate the power of getting together and having a cup of coffee with someone, or having breakfast with someone, or meeting someone for lunch, or, or, or getting your families together. Uh, and just going out to eat and just, just hanging out and just being around, whether you go to your home, whether you go to a restaurant, it doesn't matter. Whether you go a picnic lunch somewhere, it, it's just eating together is a very spiritual thing. Remember, Jesus said, how are we to remember his death until he comes? Communion. The cup and the bread. The bread represents the body of Christ, which was broken for us, and the cup rep represents his blood, which was shed for us. The Last Supper, remember that? That's where all that happened. We think of it as just strictly spiritual, and it is spiritual, but it's more than that. It's how God created you and I to come together, to eat. If someone doesn't eat, they die. How much time do you just spend eating together, hanging with each other? And the last thing we see in verse 42 is that they were praying together. They're praying together. Because there's power in numbers. I can pray and God hears me when I pray. Yes. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Yes. Matthew 18, 19. But where two or more are gathered together in Jesus' name, there he is. And if they ask anything according to God's word, it will be done for them. Period. There is something that happens when two or more get together in the name of Jesus, and where two or more agree in prayer in the name of Jesus according to God's word, that it moves heaven and earth. We see, this rhythm, we see this rhythm with Jesus. There are times he prays alone, but then there's times where he's praying with the disciples. Because there's times that we need to be praying together. And there are times that we just need to be alone in prayer. And some of you like to pray together, but you don't like to pray alone. 
And some of you like to pray alone, but you don't like to pray in groups. And what I would say to both groups is you need to go to Lowe's and get a ladder and get over it. We need to do both. It's not an either or, it's a both and. We need to be people that are praying together. And we need to be people that are praying alone. Because there's times in solitude that God begins to speak to your heart about you. And that still small voice of the Holy Spirit. But there's also times that when you come together and you agree and you stand on God's word, that he moves heaven and earth. And never forget a time in the life group. And I won't give any of the details because I think life groups are a sacred place. We're meeting together. We're at Chick-fil-A. And uh, one of the guys in the group has a, has a need. And he begins to share that need with grown men and begins to cry. Like in a way that I hadn't seen. And what he was saying is, I am now comfortable enough with every other man in this room that I'm willing to pull down the, my guard and I'm willing to make myself vulnerable and I'm willing to share my heart to the point of sharing my emotions. And this is not a guy that like, I would not get into a fight with. Um, he's, not a, he's not a guy that I, I was a bit like shocked that he was that emotionally vulnerable. Um, and immediately, the response of every guy that was there that morning, physically, we all moved towards him. Nobody moved away from him. Nobody was like, whoa, dude, come on, get a hold of yourself. We're in a restaurant. Can it just... He's fine. He's got something in his eye. It's, a, it's, a, it's the pollen or something going, dude, get a napkin. Just... Nobody's doing that. Every one of those guys, immediately, everything that was happening around us, it just went out of focus, and all we did was focus on him. I mean, I watched the other guys in the, in the group. Immediately, just one guy across from him just grabbed a hold of, of, of his arm, and, and another guy came and moved and sat next to him, and, and he began to just kind of, through some tears, share what was going on. And immediately, we stopped what we were doing, and we just began to pray right there. And we didn't care. We didn't care who was in the restaurant. We didn't care who we offended. We weren't trying to be politically correct. Why? Because we had a brother who was in trouble, and we knew that God's words said that when we were all there together in his name, he was there. And if we ask anything according to his word, it'll be done for us for the Father in heaven. And God showed up. And there's this connection that happens out of that. And then when he came back a few weeks later and said, hey, I got to give you the praise report. Right here, we prayed for that. Right here, God showed up. But here's the answer to the prayer. I'm just saying that happens in togetherness. You don't get that by yourself. <laughs> you just don't. And people say, well, man, I could, you know, not ever go to church and I could just serve God. I mean, I could be saved and go to heaven and never go to church. Yeah, you could, but why would you do that? Like, you're the body of Christ. You're the saints of, of, of the church. You're, you're it, not me. This isn't about me. I, I, I'm the server. I'm the waiter in the restaurant. This is the Lord's house, and you've come, and I'm here to serve you. That's all I do. Just think of me like with, a, with, with like a little bow tie and, a, and, a, and a, a, an apron. I got stuff on me because I've been eating food in the back, right, tasting it, make sure it's good. And I'm just here to serve you. But you're the saints. You're the guests. You're the body of Christ. You are the bride of Jesus Christ. He is coming back for you, and he's looking for you. And, and, and the reality is he doesn't want a church that's splintered and that's all in, 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 that's unhealthy. He wants a church that's together, that's walking together, that's working together. And that doesn't mean that we're perfect. No, we're jacked up. Have you read the Bible? I mean, everybody in the Bible is messed up except for Jesus. That's it. 
And somebody go, well, Enoch in the Old Testament was translated because he was perfect. Yeah, but God had to take him out early because he knew he was going to mess up. I mean, it, it's, it, it, the reality is, is nobody's perfect in the Bible. But when we come together, man, there is this power. And where does this occur? Look back at verse 46 of Acts chapter 2. Every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts at church. But they broke bread in their homes. And they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Where does this togetherness really happen? Not here. It begins here at the church. But it continues at home. I can only set this up for you. I can only facilitate the connection. But I can't make you go to that orange tent and sign up for a life group. I can't make you get involved in lives of somebody else. I can't make you do that. That's your choice and your decision. But if you want to know where glad and sincere hearts come from, it's not on a weekend service. It's coming out of a weekend service into a home where from this all coming together, we come together and we begin to break bread and we eat together and we laugh together, and we cry together, and we pray together, and we open God's words together, and we do life together. Togetherness. So here's what I want to do. I want to end today, and I just, I want to challenge, I'm challenging everybody, and I'm going to come back in a second and finish this up, but I want to really challenge men. Because women, you do this amazingly. My wife will tell me of all the great exploits. Of, she doesn't tell me what's talked about at life groups, but she tells me all the great things that you know, all these women, and this is happening, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. This is happening. My wife knows more new people at the church than I do, and I work here. But it's because the women will come together and do this. Men, we got to get over our bad selves, and we got to just like go, look, man, I need you and you need me. And even if you don't know you need me, you need me. Yeah, me. I'm talking about me and all my loveliness. You need me. I need you. I don't need to do this thing alone. And, and, and so I, I want to end today's message with showing you kind of a challenging video of a group of guys that have gotten together of different, well, you'll see it, and challenge you to take this journey, to be together, to not do this alone. So turn your attention to the screen, then I'll come back and wrap everything up. Check this out. The purpose of authentic manhood is to teach us to become more like Jesus, to live our lives like he lived his life. It's a multi-part series, but when you get done with it, you'll be a better husband, you'll be a better father, uh, you'll be a better man, you'll be a better Christian, um, and you'll understand some of God's principles and how they can work in your life. And as a 58-year-old that raised three children, there are things that I've learned about myself that I wish I would have learned years ago while I was raising my children. It gives us a chance to sit down with other guys in the church and we get to talk about shared experiences. You know, there's a guy in this church that was in the same uh, military specialty as I was in the Army. I mean, who would have known? I would have never known that had I not gone to the group. The relationships are authentic, and I don't feel a sense of accountability just to show up. I feel a sense of accountability to be a better Christian man, to be a better husband, to be a better friend, to be a better father. I know that that group is going to be there to support me, whether I'm really struggling with those things or if I'm 
actually able to offer something to other guys. There's help going both ways. No matter what situation you're going through, um, there's a guy in our group who's going through something similar or has gone through what you've gone through and come out on the other side. Um, it's really the way that we can do life together. Those guys make me feel comfortable. Every time I see them on Sunday, they, they say, hey, Justin, great to see you. And it just makes me feel like I'm home. I'm somewhere comfortable. You got to spend time with people in church, not just uh, one hour on the weekends, because you really never really get to know them until you start doing these groups. If you're a guy and you're at Life Church and you're not connecting to a life group, the door at Authentic Manhood is wide open. Thank you.